This is the Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 44, Meditation with guest Sabina Ravalli, with your hosts, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson. Sabina is a certified life coach, meditation teacher, and wellness educator, helping people find the confidence to put themselves on camera and make their mission visible to the world. She has over 10 years of experience providing her clients with total mind, body, and lifestyle practices that create massive transformation in their life and career. As a shy introvert struggling with her fear of marketing her passions to the world, she put herself on a mission to fall in love with being on camera. The tool she discovered led to the development of a 12-week one-on-one coaching program that can shift any camera-shy entrepreneur into a confident, authentic, and magnetic communicator to their brand. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where we learn all about building resilience in ourselves and helping others build it too. We draw from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching to help you face change and adversity and do more than just survive. We want you to thrive. We are your hosts, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson, and we are certified life coaches and speech language pathologists. We will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and become the very best version of yourself, version 2.0. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome today. We have an amazing guest, Sabina Ravalli, with us. I would just love for you to take a few minutes and tell us a little bit about about yourself. Hmm. Thank you so much. It's so wonderful to be here. It's an honor to have you bring me on to this beautiful podcast that you have. I love the mission that you're all on. And yeah, just to be joining you in this conversation about resilience is really exciting to me. Yeah. So let's see a little bit about myself. I, I've i lived many lives, one could say. Um, to take you on a little journey, I started off with a very clear life path and working in the film industry as a camera person. Um, I had dabbled a little bit in Hollywood and doing documentary film work and just really loving being behind the camera. And I love the artistic aspect of it. Um, mm. But there was also a big part of me. I just love that form of communication, being able to connect with people all over the world through whatever the message is or whatever the story is. And as I, with different projects I worked on, especially a documentary I worked on in the Philippines, I was noticing we were working with some doctors there and they were helping people within the community to heal from some ailments that they had. And just seeing that act of service really inspired me so much so that when I returned back to LA where I was living at the time, I completely pivoted from working in the film industry to really getting inspired in the health and wellness world. So um, life as a filmmaker and life as a freelancer is really, really unpredictable. Um, You're sometimes working, sometimes you're not working and just the instability of that universe. I had so much stress that I was experiencing to the point where looking back, I could say I was experiencing bits of depression at moments and I was kind of desperate for finding something that could support me in this like unpredictable life that I was leading. And I gave meditation a try. And that was like such a turning point for me in being able to do something regularly, like consistently, that had such a massive impact in my life and everything that I did after that. So mm-hmm. um, that was a so like the documentary moment in the act of service was one thing that inspired me to shift, but also meditation was 
a huge part of that pivoting moment for me. It allowed me to release stress and just be able to take on more in my life. I had more like adaptability. I was able to kind of just pivot to things without feeling that stress that came up. Things didn't feel so stressful anymore to me. And that was such a beautiful thing that it led me to wanting to teach it. And I started learning all that I could about, you know, I was so fascinated with our minds and our bodies and how our bodies are designed to heal themselves if we give themselves the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And so that's where life coaching came in. So I'm a coach like you ladies. Yeah. So that's, that's, I basically kind of fused a few different modalities together and how I work with my clients now as a coach, um, incorporating meditation and some other healing practices. I love that. I love that you had many, many lives. We've talked about <laughs> all of your training and qualifications and interests and how you've integrated all of them to up-level your coaching, which yeah. is amazing. So all these directions are coming together. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about some of these modalities. Mm. I would love to hear more. Well, yeah. So I touched on the meditation part, um, mm -hmm. that being huge. I really didn't think I... I knew that I wasn't skeptical about meditation being useful, but I really felt like I was unique in having an overactive mind. Uh, so I just <laughs> thought like it works for some people and that's awesome for them. You know, even in a yoga class at the end of class, you know, when you lie down in Shavasana and like the teacher might guide you in a meditation and I would be with friends and they'd be like at the end of class, like, oh man, I went into like another place. I wasn't even in the room. Like they would just describe all these things that sounded really cool. Um, but no, that was nowhere near what I was experiencing. I tried a, a bunch of different practices and I just really felt like, okay, like while it's relaxing, I didn't necessarily feel like I was getting in like all those benefits that people were talking about, I just felt like my brain was just so overly active, like talked so much that I just felt like it wasn't for me. But as I mentioned a moment ago, yeah, I was just in such a desperate place. And I ended up finding a friend who I went to film school with, who had just come back from India, learning to be a teacher. And she said, you know, I'm going to be doing this class if you want to just try it. Like, what else do you have to lose, you know? So I gave it a shot and I found it to be like such a simple thing that brought about such a massive change in my life, like all sorts of habits and inhibitions and things that I used to experience that were I was really limiting myself. I found meditation just helped release all of that. So what I would say to anyone out there that maybe thinks that they're also really unique in having an overactive mind and meditation isn't for them, I would say that meditation, there's like, there's no one size fits all with when it comes to meditation and not all meditation practices are created equal. That's not to say that they aren't all beneficial, but what you want to be looking for is finding one that's sustainable for you to do regularly. And so that is where I found so much change happen and so much, like so many benefits came from it was because I had a consistent practice to do daily. Going to on a retreat and maybe meditating there in that contained environment, we can come out feeling amazing. But if we only devote that time to meditate on a retreat, we're not doing it regularly. So we want to actually experience benefits. Having a sustainable daily practice is like key. And if you find meditation to be difficult, I know that there's like apps are really popular now. And I think that's amazing. It gives people more opportunity to experience different forms of meditation. Um, but if that's not something you're either sticking to or you're just wanting to go deeper into your practice, seeking a teacher to actually like learn from and just knowing that there's just different techniques out there. There's so many different styles. And so just finding a teacher and a practice that resonates with you and your lifestyle, everything will change once you do that. <laughs> so if you're a newbie, then you've never yeah. meditated before yeah your recommendation would be to find a teacher download an app that's a good question i would say 
if you can find a teacher, I think that's really an awesome way to try it out. I think also apps are wonderful too. I would say the one thing to, to be open to is just to be open to trying things and not expecting that the one thing that you try, the first thing that you try means that let's say you don't like it or say you try it and you find it really difficult or you feel like you're not doing it right. It's really easy to just be like, this isn't for me and just give up on it. Right. Um, just understand that it really just comes down to just the willingness to try some techniques out. And if you can find a teacher, I highly, highly recommend that. For me, that's made all the difference because I did try a bunch of them and I really just started thinking like, uh-uh, this isn't, mm -mm. <laughs> This isn't for oh. me and that's okay, but can no. You, yeah. Can you share with us a couple of the techniques? Because when you say like, oh, try out the different techniques, I'm thinking like, okay, what do you mean by the different yeah. techniques? What do they look like? What are there, Okay, yes. Good question. Good question. There is a number of different practices. There could be like visualization or guided meditations. I feel like a lot of the apps tend to err more on that mm -hmm. side of things. Um, so that's where you'll have an instructor kind of leading you on a journey in your mind with your eyes closed. I think that has a time and place. And I think that's really awesome to do. So there's like that side of things. There's also other techniques, which I feel like are very popular that come from monastic practices. So meaning like monks going off into the mountains and meditating for hours and hours in a day. Sometimes people will just do that for an hour or two hours a day. Some people can do that. Some people really love doing that. And there's benefit to that for sure. Not necessarily the most sustainable thing for those of us who have families and lives and careers and, you know, all of that. And so that's where I mean, like really looking to see like what's sustainable for you to keep up with daily and being really honest with yourself in that way. And then let's see, there's like a practice that I teach that I've been practicing for 12 years um, and teaching for the past seven years. It was taken from a monastic practice and adapted for like modern day humans like you and I with um, families and busy lives and who are encountering a lot of input, like a lot of information, a lot of like having those of us who are kind of out in the world, not going off into caves to meditate and just kind of being isolated, but actually like engaging with the world, we're taking in so much information. We're taking in so many, you know, we're responding to our lives, whether that be stressfully or not, but we're taking in a lot. And so the technique that I've been practicing and teach is one that is short. So it's like 20 minutes, but we do it two times a day. And what that allows us to do, it's a very quick and efficient practice to help us have really deep rest. So that way we can release stress from our nervous system. And then we can kind of go back out into the world and take action and be engaged and be fully present. And so that's the technique I teach, but there are so many different techniques and practices that that's why I say like, you know, I've seen like a couple of people who let's say try a monastic practice. So one that, you know, might require more focus and concentration and you might need to do for longer. They find it maybe difficult to do at first. It's very opposite from what they're used to doing in life. And so they say like, this is so hard. Like, why would I want to do this mm -hmm. or I'm just not good at it. And it's so easy to just think I'm not, you know, especially I think also with apps too, while I think they're beneficial, if you're not getting like your questions answered, because there's a lot of questions that can come up if you're doing it right, or why is this happening? And if you don't have your questions answered, then you might think you're not doing it right or that you're, you know, all of those things. So that's where I, I do really encourage if anyone's looking to either start out or take their meditation practice to maybe a more sustainable one to finding a teacher and just being willing to try different ones. Cause yeah, there are so many different styles with a bunch of different names. And yeah, I, I think anybody who spends any amount of time with their eyes closed 
whether that be in prayer, whether that be meditating with a technique or just breath work with your eyes closed, I think is like time well spent. Like more of us need to do that. Everyone can benefit from it. You know, even if the people around you in your life or in your household don't meditate, they will get the benefits of you doing this practice. You know, the people that you're engaging with, the way you're showing up, like they will reap the benefits too of the practice that you're doing daily. So yeah, I'm a big advocate for people closing their eyes, even if it's just for a little bit. So what's the experience like for students when you work with them as a teacher? Like, are you doing this virtually? Are you in person? Are your eyes closed too? Are you talking to them? What are you doing? Um, (laughs) Overactive mind. (laughs) Overactive mind. Yeah. Well, if we're talking in terms of just meditation teaching, Mm -hmm. um, because my coaching program, I I combine both. I really find that to be really important. But if we're just talking teaching meditation, yeah, I do it. I used to only do that in person and then the world changed, right? The Mm -hmm. past year or more now. And so, yeah, I've taken it all online. So I work with people virtually taking them through like a three to four day class, depending on the person's schedule. But that's, yeah, it's like two hours for each day. And by the end of the course, they're completely self-sufficient. So I teach them how to do it. We go through it. We talk about all the things that are coming up, all the questions that they have. You know, there's a lot that comes up when we're just hanging out with our thoughts. And so having those questions answered and understanding really what's happening with our physiology when we're meditating, like, why are those thoughts there? Why do they keep coming up? Like all of that, we go through everything. The and outs of meditation. And then by the end of our time together, then they are completely self-sufficient. And then whenever they have questions going forward, then they can reach out to me. Just yesterday, I had a student that I taught six years ago, haven't heard from her at all. And then she just reached out saying, I just want to refresh her. Can we talk? So we're talking next week just to kind of go through some tips because our brains like to overcomplicate something that's so, so simple. And, you know, I think with meditation specifically, we're designed, like we're taught from going to school and from our parents, you know, to focus and to pay attention and like sit still and pay attention and do these things. And our brains are just so wired to just constantly be thinking or constantly to be full of thoughts. And so the technique that I teach is to really just work with that natural tendency of our mind to think versus like, I don't know, I don't know who started this rumor of like meditation means you're supposed to have a quiet mind. I feel like that's messed everybody up with their idea of what meditation is. Yeah, no, no. Our brain is full of thoughts. So when you do these sessions with people and when you say like a class, is it individual? Is it a group class? Is it... I do both. I do both. So sometimes um, typically it's one-on-one or couples will come to me wanting to do it. Sometimes families will want to do it together so their kids can learn too, which I think is awesome. Great idea. Um, Especially teens, you know, but even children, like as long as you're over three, you can teach them a technique. Um, But yeah, so groups or sometimes friends want to learn together and they just kind of bring a bunch of people. So it really, it's, yeah, it's, it can be one-on-one or it can be in a group setting, but usually the group setting is typically people that know each other already. Like they kind of want to do it in this group of people. Oh, I think that's more personalized. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, can, you can personalize it and make it just, you know, I love that idea, creating yeah. it for your family. Yeah. If my family's listening, they're thinking, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. I promise it's so fun. It's like, it's the best. It's the best, not because so much of the practice itself. It's more of like how life feels outside of your meditation. It's kind of like, who cares what's going on when your eyes are closed? You know, like as long as you're doing the thing properly, which in the technique I do, there's no focus or concentration. It's all about effortless practice. And so I give you a technique, I give you a tool and you just kind of do this thing for 20 minutes. But like, we don't care so much about what's happening in there. 
All we're caring about is like, how is this thing that I'm doing twice a day impacting and benefiting my life outside of it? And that's the thing that we're looking for. And so that's my suggestion to anyone listening with anything that you do, with any practice that you have, whether that be meditation or anything else, just asking yourself that question, you know, like, how is this thing benefiting my life? Um, And just looking for those shifts because, you know, whenever we do any kind of practice, even if it's exercise, whatever it may be, just sometimes we'll normalize that experience. Well, we won't even see like, you know, like a before and after photograph. Right. You know, and like, if we don't take a picture, let's say someone who's on like some sort of workout regimen and they're just seeing themselves every day, they might not notice the shift. And then they see someone they haven't seen in a while. And then they're just like, Whoa, you look like you've transformed yourself. It's really nice to have like a before and after glimpse of where you're at right now as you're starting something and then checking Mm -hmm. in with yourself a few months later to see how has this helped me? Has it helped me? I love that. And like thoughts and meditation, it's such an abstract thing. Like you don't get the physical sort of feedback. It's just, you know, as life unfolds, you're like, whoa, you know, I deal with this differently or I show up for this differently. And yeah, it is something it's like, it's not just for the person who identifies as being a stressed out person. It's for it. Like everybody, like everyone can benefit from it. I I really, I'm so happy that there's more understanding about meditation and the benefits now where they're teaching it in school. Yeah. I think that's just also so wonderful. And I know that you had a, a, an episode just recently about meditation and mindfulness. And Mm -hmm. when you were talking about other practices, yeah, mindfulness being another one, something that you can do with your eyes open. And that just helps, that just helps so much. And I think I look at mindfulness as something, while there are mindfulness techniques that you can do with your eyes closed, and those are really wonderful, you know, mindfulness practices that you can do with your eyes open, you know, I think are really a nice thing to do alongside your eyes closed practice. Um, I I honestly feel like um, life coaching and the technique that we've learned, the three of us, the working with our mind and really just witnessing our mind and witnessing the thoughts that we have, Mm -hmm. um, the quality of thoughts that we have. I look at that as a mindfulness practice. I see this as like the meditation is my eyes closed practice and life coaching and self-coaching and life coaching, working with a coach as being my eyes open practice. And I think every human in the world can benefit from having a practice like that. I wanted to, something that you said just a few minutes ago about being a stressed out person, you know, not, I think that's such an important point is we all have stress there. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talk about being a stressed out person, I'd say that sometimes people will present as being more stressed out, but let's not be disillusioned that we all Mm -hmm. are dealing with stress and we all need to, you know, cycle that stress through. That's something that we spend a lot of time with our clients talking about, like, how are you dealing with your daily stress on a daily basis? How are you sort of closing that circle, whether you feel it or not? I think it's that myth that if I'm stressed, I will feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. And there are many, many people who don't even realize Mm -hmm. that they're stressed and things happen and you know in hindsight actually my husband had a heart attack back in 2014 and in hindsight Mm -hmm. i was like oh yeah he was under tremendous stress yeah Yeah. but while he was going through it he's such a calm level-headed person he exercises he eats well so you know people would say well was it diet was it lack of exercise no 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 and when we sort of broke down yes there was genetic component but when we broke it down I was like it was stress but it just never presented and I love that meditation sort of takes care of that like the Mm -hmm. stress is there and meditation can be a piece that helps you process all that stress in such a healthy way 
Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's, isn't that interesting to have like the internal experience that someone is having may not be presenting, like you were saying on the outside for other people to sense. Yeah. I've gotten that a lot from people like you're stressed out, like right. really like the way that you should, like, you just seem like you're <laughs> calm and Zen all the time. I'm like, you have no idea what's been going on in this brain, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's true. We, if we are like alive, then we are experiencing demands. Right. And that's, you know, and I know you've addressed this in other podcast episodes, but you know, what is stress? Stress mm-hmm. is how we respond to any given situation outside of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you were to look at my husband and I, I think everybody would have placed their bets on me having the heart attack because I'm the one who who presents a lot more that you could see I more visibly I have a higher energy level higher anxiety level higher everything level so he would be like the least likely candidate in our family to have the heart attack and yet he was the one that had you know he, he managed his stress in a way externally that looked like he didn't have stress Right. And he was going through some very, you know, had a lot of stressors, but I was just like, mom, he's doing good with it. Like I'd be freaking out. I'd be, you know, all these different ways that I would have been presenting. He wasn't. Um, And it was interesting because if it doesn't come out one way, you know, Mm -hmm. turning into the body and coming that way, it's going to come out one way or another. hundred percent. That's exactly right. Like the way I like to describe what's going on in the body when it comes to, you know, demands that we're responding to on a daily basis, you know, internalizing these stressful moments um, is kind of like a film negative. Now, this may not be relevant for younger listeners because like, <laughs> they're like, what's up now? <laughs> Digital cameras and their phones and everything. But film negatives are taking in this, like are imprinting this image onto a piece of film that later is developed. And then we get to see this like pretty picture. But if we look at our nervous system in that same way, Anytime we're having a stressful response to any given demand outside of us, our nervous system just stores that that snapshot, taking in all the five senses, everything that's happening in the environment, and it logs it in our nervous system to keep us safe and protected. That's the survival mode we would go into. You know, we were living in the jungle like thousands of years ago, and that was the the way our body would respond to stress. We'd hear like a twig snap and our body would just go into tunnel vision. It would start looking for like a way to exit so we could flee if we needed to. You know, everything would start happening in our physiology. Our blood would become acidic in case we got bitten. We wouldn't taste good to the animal. Our, you know, all these stressful chemicals start flooding through our system and which impacts our our digestion our hormones you know we don't need to get we don't need to procreate if we're about to die right um like everything just starts to shut down and so that's like it's fine if that happens because a tiger is running after you or because you're actually in a stressful situation like actually something like a life or death situation but the more experiences we have like that, somebody cutting you off in traffic, you're going to have that immediate trigger response, that same kind of like life or death response to things. And so if we don't allow our body to have a moment, and this is where the daily practice comes in to release naturally, then all we're relying on, like when our body needs to rest in order to actually experience that release in our nervous system. But if all we're relying on is our our nighttime sleep, then, you know, most of us aren't even getting good quality sleep at night. Right. And so, but like, let's just pretend we all did like, that's not enough with the amount of load that we're putting on our systems every day. Mm-hmm. And not even to mention life experiences from from years ago or our childhood or anything. And so, yeah, that is why there is such an importance with having a daily practice. And because like just get letting our body have those moments to come into deep rest more than just our sleep. So, um, you know, with the practice that I, I've been doing for 12 years now, it's like it gives you anywhere from two to five times deeper rest than good quality sleep. So if you're tapping into that, like I call it a reset button, if you're tapping into that one 
once or twice a day and then you sleep, you're giving your body so much more opportunity to just little by little, just start releasing some of those stored stresses. And so like, why is that important? Like that way you can actually handle your life and not just handle it, but actually like thrive in it rather than the surviving that happens for most of us. You know, I just, I think we have such a high threshold too for stress. You know, it's become acceptable, you know, just like overworking or working hard and not resting. Like resting isn't valued, you know, working and achieving is. And I think much like the sirens that go on in the background and Leah, you have to tell me to, you know, pause. I'm not aware. I don't hear them anymore. Just like the stress, we don't, we don't don't listen to that. Mm -hmm. It just... Yeah, our threshold. So threshold like and we really normalize it. We normalize yeah. that experience when we don't really know otherwise, when we don't know anything else. That is also why I suggest too with anything that anyone's doing to better themselves is taking like writing it down, writing down what your experience is. This is what I suggest to my meditation students is on day one, like write, write down a little blurb about what you, what your experience in life is currently like today. You know, what's your relationship to stress? What's your relationship to your job, to your marriage, to whatever? Um, Just to get a a snapshot of where you're at today, because in three months from now, when you're doing this thing every day, you're really going to now, instead of normalizing that stress response and not even noticing that that's what's happening to you, you won't even notice like how you transformed and how you're feeling capable of handling anything. Like you end up feeling kind of superhuman in a way, like the things that used to stress you out before, you now have this endless ability to adapt. I feel like that is why we want to meditate. You know, that's why we want to have practices like this to not only handle what's going on in your life, but to really be a part of your life, to actually be like co-creating your life rather than just being in reaction to any given situation. Because that's something that I've been learning little by little (laughs) is that we can't control anything outside of us, you know? I always think I really believe that. And then sometimes I'll notice like certain things I'll do. I'll be like, oh yeah, I can't control their thing, their, the way that they're no. being, you know, like. <laughs> control what we can control. And when we try to do that, we start to realize it's very little and we need yeah. to surrender to most yeah. things. And exactly. Well, this has been an awesome conversation. I know we try to keep it relatively short for our listeners, but I have loved hearing so much about meditation and how to you know, bring it into our daily lives and the benefits it can have and how it can help us process stress. Any other things that you would like to share with us? I know like we could do five more episodes with you because we <laughs> have so many other things we wanted to jump into with you, but mm-hmm. is there anything that you think would be helpful for our listeners? Yeah, no, thank you. This has been so much fun. And yeah, I feel like we could talk for for hours about all of these different things and all these different modalities, but for sure, I think, yeah, I highly suggest to anybody who's listening that would like to bring in any kind of practice, like I mentioned before, just allowing yourself to just try things out with curiosity and knowing that there are different modalities out there and just being willing to just be curious and to try and that there is a technique that will resonate with you. There are so, so many. And if anyone has any questions or would like to try anything out and you know I'm always available for that yeah with the coaching that I do I like to incorporate meditation with coaching because I feel like it's the perfect combination for real transformation you know I think we can just work on the mind when we're when it comes to coaching and we could just tackle it from that angle but if we can work on the nervous system first as a foundation and then start working on the thoughts that are coming up in our mind with our eyes open practice and I think that that's like it really it's like it's kind of like we're swimming upstream I feel like if we're just tackling it from the thoughts from the thought process and so um yeah. So I'm always available. Those who are listening, if you ever want to connect, you can find me on my website. Um, it's my first and last name. So Sabina, 
S-A-B-I-N-A, Ravalli, R-A-V-A-L-L-I.com. I'm happy to chat and just answer any questions or share what I love, but there's some, yeah, this has just been, it's been so much fun to chat with you both. Awesome. We will make sure to put all that in the show notes for our listeners to be able to connect with you and to, you're on Instagram as well. I am on Instagram. Same, same name, Sabina Ravalli. You can find me on there as well. Awesome. Different ways for people to connect. Yes, for sure. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. Thank you. Thank you both. This has been wonderful. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you are interested in a little bit of weekly motivation, want to be kept in the know about upcoming free classes and resources, new podcast episodes, and other ways of working with us, please go subscribe to our weekly email. You can subscribe at www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Again, that's www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you again soon.